0: I understand that he's not able to stand and therefore he's not able to get rest. He has a catheter and it's a bag. Obvious, Pardon? It's obvious, it's, uh, there's a
1: catheter bag.
0: I can't see it, but I, 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 I believe you. There it is, okay. He's got a, a bag with u- uh, urine in it.
1: When he was catheterized, and he is currently still catheterized, they voided 1100 cc's of urine a massive amount, although the treatment was begun with antibiotics. Uh, He had a predictable and predicted infection in the urine and bloodstream, that's the sepsis.
2: Mr. Durst is not currently septic. If he was currently septic, he would be in the hospital. Now, did not think that in any way, shape or form, I would be saying the following in an open courtroom, but I'm going to because I think it's important. I myself had a catheter for an entire week going in and out of court. It was not pleasant. I, in fact, recognized had the same size one Mr. Durst has, which was under my clothes. It was not comfortable. Regarding the idea that somehow having a catheter removal needs to be done in a hospital, I removed my catheter myself. I noticed that Mr. Durst's bag was... um, Somewhat full, so I spoke to defense counsel about it. I yeah. told them it needed to be changed. Uh, I volunteered. I said I would do it. They told me that they uh, they didn't want to do it. They said if I wanted to do it, they appreciated it. Did you wash your hands?
1: Boy, <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay.
3: Welcome to this special bonus episode of Jury Duty: The Trial of Robert Durst. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. Back in 2015, when Robert Durst was arrested for the murder of Susan Berman, he had already experienced a variety of medical issues. Since his 2015 arrest, Durst's health has appeared to decline, and in the last month, the defense has asserted that there has been a considerable worsening of his condition. However, as the prosecution points out, Durst has stated that he's willing to fake dementia in order to get a mistrial. So the question before the court, And the question we attempt to answer today is, how sick is Bob Durst? In this episode, we're going to present as comprehensive an assessment of Durst's current health status as publicly available information allows. We will also offer a timeline of his various reported maladies. Later in this episode, I'll be joined by my co-host, Brittany Bookbinder, and by reporter Charlie Bagley to discuss how Durst's health has affected the trial. That's all coming
4: up after the break.
3: Before his incarceration, Durst would periodically reveal glimpses into his medical history in written and verbal statements. Let's hear a bit about how Bob himself has talked about his health, in his own words, as read by actor David Kelsey.
4: In 2007, my health started going to pot and I got cancer of the esophagus and had surgery. Very successfully cut out the whole esophagus. Cancer was gone no chemo, no radiation or none of that. But when he cut out the esophagus, I guess he cut out part of my gut and I have a problem with urinating. Right now, I feel I need to urinate, no problem. 72 years old cancer survivor. I have hydrosophilus and that's my shunt right there. And I don't blame the surgeon and I did not sue the surgeon, but what he did for me worked out to be very bad for me. My balance is not better than when we started. And that was the purpose of the operation. He had to do an operation on my spine before doing my head. And as a result of that, it hurts to look like that. Or at the end of the day, just walking around a little bit, everything from here to here gets all tight and swollen. And I have to stretch for a while before I could walk anymore. I'm 72. If I go ahead, with what my lawyers are telling me, and fight. And let's say I win, then I'm two years later, 74, with a couple of years left. From my view, if I'm looking at the upside, what is the upside? If I go to court and I win, and I'm 74, and not healthy. I've got the same body. I know you can't give me a different body.
3: At the end of last week, the jury was left with a cliffhanger. What happened to Robert Durst? On the morning of Thursday, June 10, Judge Mark E. Wyndham announced that the trial could not proceed that day. After the jury left the courtroom, Judge Wyndham explained that the defendant had been taken to the hospital.
0: And the record should indicate Mr. Durst is not here. We understand he uh, is in the jail hospital because of some incident this morning involving his
3: health. Although he didn't state the reason for the hospital visit, Judge Wyndham provided this additional detail.
0: He, uh, his circumstances this morning were that he was he was down. He was he was not in his chair. So right. he's, uh, he's uh, so he he needed to be seen.
3: When Durst returned to the courtroom this past Monday, his gray suit and button-down shirt had been replaced by a beige L.A. County jail jumpsuit. Dangling from his chair was a catheter bag connected to his body by a plastic tube.
0: I understand that he's not able to stand, and therefore he's not able to get dressed. He has a—I uh, believe he's, if I may, may I discuss the, the catheter—I mean, it's an issue. He has a catheter and his Pardon? It's obvious it's, uh, there's a catheter bag. I can't see it, but I, I, I believe you.
3: At this point, Durst held up the dangling bag and waved it around.
0: There it is. Okay. He's got a, a bag with u- uh, urine in it. So um, I understand that, he's, uh, that he is in a good amount of pain because of the catheter.
1: Not because of the catheter. That's in addition to the catheter. He's in chest pain and he's unable to breathe. Uh, completely. He's breathing only shallow when he tries to take a deep breath, and it's painful.
3: Although Durst's defense team had not yet received his full medical report, they once again asked for an adjournment.
1: We do know that he was diagnosed with uh, urinary tract infection with sepsis. This is one of the consequences of bladder cancer and malnutrition. He has an impaired immune system, making him more susceptible to infections. The pain is from the infection and catheter and large doses of pain medication will make him
2: lethargic.
3: Before Judge Wyndham issued a ruling, he allowed the prosecution to respond.
2: We have to look at what the history is here. The history is Mr. Durst is on tape talking about faking dementia. He's on tape talking about using COVID to get a new jury so he can start over. He doesn't want this trial to continue. The second thing which I think is important is Counsel's expert and counsel really maligned the hospital jail system. That jail system apparently on Thursday, on their own initiative, got Mr. Durst, saw that he was not in the condition that they wanted him to be, got him assessed, got him treated, got him back here, and it's a urinary tract infection.
3: Ultimately, Judge Wyndham did not grant an adjournment.
0: He's been okay to come to court today. Okay?
1: No, he has not been okay. Look at him, Judge. He, no, he, he's he, not OK.
0: I said in the past tense, he's been okay to come to court. In other words, he's been approved by a jail physician to be delivered to court, that he is not too ill to come to court today. So that's I'm, I'm letting the record reflect something that you haven't described. Now, obviously, he is here. I'm sympathetic to his, his pain and discomfort. And I'm also sympathetic to the extra difficulty that presents for a defense lawyer. I, I understand that. I used to do it myself. I'm, I'm not inclined to adjourn. Let's do what we can. If he has to go home, you know, go back. He'll go back. I have a blanket. I can give him a blanket. Yeah, he, he needs to put a jacket over the back of him. You can put the jacket over the back if you wish. You can drape it over the chair. And that would uh, conceal uh, the evidence of him being in jail
3: Thus the trial proceeded, with Durst seated at the defense table, his frail body shrouded in a large white blanket, which slipped off every time he moved to scribble a note on a yellow legal pad. On Tuesday morning, Durst dispensed with the blanket. Before the jury entered the courtroom, his defense team, now armed with Dr. Klein's lengthy report, asked once again for an adjournment.
1: What I hold in my hand is a printout of the records we received yesterday, almost 500 pages of his recent hospitalization. First, what they confirm is that contrary to Mr. Lewin's assertion about suspicion of faking his conditions, they show a new hydronephrosis, swelling of the kidneys, from significant obstruction with urethral dilatation when he was Catheterized, and he is currently still catheterized. They voided 1,100 cc's of urine, a massive amount, although the treatment was begun with antibiotics. Uh, He had a predictable and predicted infection in the urine and bloodstream. That's the sepsis part of the urinary tract infection. He also had chest pain with palpitations, and he was admitted to the Medical Intensive Care Unit on the 10th. He had an episode of ventricular tachycardia. He has a cardiology uh, follow-up, and the renal follow-up is scheduled five months from now. He needs it today. He needs it now.
3: Once again, the prosecution fired back, casting doubt on the analysis that Durst was in grave condition.
2: Mr. DeGarren sends an email saying that Mr. Durst is in, quote, grave condition. Grave condition means you are not expected to survive no matter what is done. So we've already got hyperbole going on. He is not in grave condition. He is not in critical condition. Let's look at the condition that he's in. First of all, it was the county and their very good doctors who diagnosed this condition, got him in, got him catheterized. Now, did not think that in any way, shape, or form I would be saying the following in an open courtroom, but I'm going to because I think it's important. I myself had a catheter for an entire week going in and out of court. It was not pleasant. I, in fact, recognize had the same size one Mr. Durst has, which was under my clothes. It was not comfortable. Regarding the idea that somehow having a catheter removal needs to be done in a hospital, I removed my catheter myself on two different occasions. I'm merely saying that the the arguments the council is making go to what we know is their point. Their point is they want a mistrial no matter what. So now let's look at what his current condition is. They said yesterday he was septic. That is not correct. Um, I spoke to the attorney this morning because I have we have HIPAA releases and we've been given these medical records. Mr. Durst is not currently septic. If he was currently septic, he would be in the hospital.
3: Again, Wyndham decided to proceed with the trial for the day. Mr. Durst is a human being. I am a
0: human being. I am not callous. It is not easy for me to require him to endure any pain. But I am guided by people versus Avila the trial court is not obligated to suspend criminal proceedings. Rather, the proceedings are to be conducted in a manner that reasonably accommodates the special needs of the accused. Based on what I have now, there is not a legal basis for any mistrial, nor is there a basis
3: to adjourn the case. The trial proceeded with Durst jumpsuit in full view. But Judge Wyndham agreed to review Dr. Klein's report before issuing a ruling on an adjournment going forward. On Wednesday, Durst appeared much the same as the day before, except for one notable difference. His scraggly mop of hair was gone, revealing a thick, bulging vein across his skull where, years ago, surgeons inserted a shunt to drain fluid from his brain. Before the jury entered, Judge Windham issued his ruling.
0: Dr. Klein's report utilizes a framework which focuses upon Mr. Durst as a patient and describes the most desirable treatment, in other words, an ideal. The court, however, must, along with Mr. Durst's interests, also consider every other person who would be adversely affected by the further delay of this complex capital murder prosecution. Thus, notwithstanding Mr. Durst's significant health concerns, there is no due process violation, nor is there any violation of the right to counsel in proceeding with trial.
3: And so the trial proceeded. Before the court adjourned for the weekend, Deputy D.A. John Lewin addressed the court with a surprising update.
2: I noticed that Mr. Durst's bag was um, somewhat full, so I spoke to defense counsel about it. I
3: yeah.
2: told them it needed to be changed. Uh, I volunteered. I said I would do it. They told me that they, uh, they didn't want to do it. They said if I wanted to do it, they appreciated it. I went back with, with uh, the bailiff, and I changed his bag for him. I want Certainly, it's unorthodox, and it's unusual. But I just want to make sure. Look, Who man. knows how this comes up at a later point? But Mr. Durst agreed. Uh, we went back. The bailiff was with us. So I said to him, you know, I just wanted to try to help you. I'm more than happy to do it. Do you want me to change it? He said, thank you. I changed it. Just want to make sure that's on the record in case at some later point in time there is some allegation of whatever
0: might come up. Oh, Mr. Lewin, I think uh, I think you, you mentioned before you had experience with this. Thank you for, uh, for lending, uh, lending a hand, and I don't no know. No problem.
1: I, I have a question. Yeah. Did you wash your hands? I did. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay? This well, did did you need, somebody needed to do it. The, those good old, old high school, school
2: days. Huh?
3: Somebody needed to do it. It
4: needed to get done.
3: Robert Durst's feeble appearance is a far cry from the wiry, athletic frame of his youth. He is no longer the stoned California hippie, the New York City ladies' man, or even the middle-aged man in hiding who was capable of dismembering and disposing of a body. So, how did we get here? By the time he was arrested in New Orleans in 2015, he had already survived cancer and hydrocephalus, or as it's sometimes called, water on the brain. To treat these conditions, Durst underwent two surgeries, one to remove his esophagus and another to implant a shunt in his skull to drain the fluid. In 2015, Dick DeGarren told the LA Times that, as a result of having two major surgeries so close together, Durst suffered from urgency and urination. According to Dr. Klein's recent report, over 50% of people with VP shunts have a malfunction within six years. In addition to these surgeries, Durst also had to have his cervical spine fused, resulting in a loud cracking sound every time he'd turn his neck. When authorities arrested him, they found blood pressure medication and sleeping aids in his New Orleans apartment. Durst later told People magazine, I'm told my life expectancy is about five years. In spite of this prognosis, Durst did not appear to lose his sense of humor. In a handwritten note to a journalist in 2015, he said, I knew that if I was going to let some guy drill into my head, there was no place I would be willing to go ahead other than the Houston Medical Center, and I left L.A. In November of 2016, Durst was transferred to a Los Angeles jail. By January of 2017, when he appeared in court, he used a wheelchair. However, by November of that year, he was able to walk slowly without assistance. In May of 2021, Durst's defense attorney, Dick DeGuerin stated in a motion, quote, it's grueling for a healthy individual, let alone a 78-year-old man with serious health conditions, including bladder cancer, prior esophageal cancer, coronary artery disease with drug-eluting stents, atrial fibrillation, and chronic kidney disease." End quote. And yet, in spite of the defense team's objections and motions, the trial has moved forward. To discuss these developments, I'm joined by my co-host, Brittany Bookbinder, and by reporter Charlie Bagley, who's covering the case for The New York Times and for CrimeStory.com. Brittany, Charlie, thanks for being here.
5: Thank you for having us. Great to be here.
3: Charlie, what was your reaction when John Lewin first told his story about his own experience with a catheter bag and then told the court and everyone in the court that he had actually helped the defendant that he's trying to put away for murder empty his catheter bag?
5: Well, I thought it was another special moment in what has been a full roster of special moments. It wasn't his own lawyers who who have been telling us how concerned they are about their client's health and his ability to help them defend himself. There was one lawyer that stepped up and said to Bob's lawyers, hey, guys, do you want to go in there with Lewin and your client? Because your client gets pretty chatty. Oh, no, I'm not going in there. I mean... (laughs) You can't make this stuff up.
3: No, you can't.
5: Brittany, what
3: about Robert Durst's appearance and health over the last week or two has struck you in particular?
2: Well, the morning that he had shaved his head was striking. It it really kind of brought me back to In the Jinx when they kind of recreated him shaving his head as he had done when he was going on the lamb. And this time it had an even more striking effect, I thought, because he doesn't look well and it was really quite a look.
3: Yes, the bulging shunt in his skull made him look like an otherworldly character. I heard someone remark that he looked like Voldemort from the Harry Potter series.
2: I think that is quite an apt description.
3: Charlie, Brittany, I know this is an impossible question to answer in a case that has been full of unexpected turns for going on 20 years, but what do you think is going to happen to Robert Durst?
5: Well, I, I want to say uh, up front, I-, I don't know if, if uh, Bob is in dire shape, if this trial could kill him. Uh, he's, he's a 78-year-old man who's been through the mill. But I think there's plenty of reason f- to be uh, suspicious or to, to pause. Uh, Bob is very conscious of how he looks to the jury. And when he started growing his hair and had the shaggy look, he was trying to relate, I think, be a relatable person. And when he was on trial in Galveston 18 years ago, they put him in a chair that was lower than the chairs occupied by his lawyers. I think it was an attempt to make him appear less threatening. He does look decrepit. I mean, he is a very old 78 years old. So what I look for in the trial, though, is Bob paying attention? Is he writing notes? I mean, you see it every day when there's a witness on the stand. Bob's got his yellow legal pad in front of him, and he's writing away and handing his lawyers notes. So his mind is there.
3: Brittany, any final thoughts on Robert Durst's health and his viability to make it through the rest of his trial?
2: Yeah, I think Charlie's absolutely right. He's he's paying attention. He's taking notes. I, I think if even by the end of this, he just kind of ends up as like a brain in a jar, he will see this through.
3: He certainly has a very strong will. And that willfulness, according to the prosecution, led him to kill three people. We'll continue to bring you the latest updates on Robert Durst's health and how it affects these court proceedings. And again, join us on Tuesday for an update on the latest witness testimony and more of Robert Durst in his own words.
5: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands.
3: Automatically receive alerts and news breaks on developments in Robert Durst's murder trial, as well as new episodes of Season 2 of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst, by subscribing now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you want to refresh your memory on where the prosecution and defense are heading with their arguments in the trial, go back and re-listen to episodes from Season 1. And head over to CrimeStory.com for in-depth coverage of the Durst story. Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst is created and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. Brittany Bookbinder is my co-host. This episode was co-produced by Alexis Bartolo and Brittany Bookbinder. The words of Robert Durst were read by actor David Kelsey. Music was provided by Strike Audio. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst.